You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi there, welcome to the Full 90 Soccer Time Podcast. Yeah, with some pizzazz. Soccer Time! Soccer Time! Our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture, fan outrage, and enrage, I guess, and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty, MLS. We are your hosts. I'm from Mornings on 107.7 The End. I'm Gregor, and he's been in eastern Washington now for three weeks. And still denying the Inslee victory, it's Brandon from the internet. <laughs> I swear that it was rigged against me, Brandon Culp, and uh, yeah. I am I am outraged and enraged. You know how I know you're lying? Is because you still have a job. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah the uh, the republic Culp does not <laughs> the, Re- the republic uh, police department did not fire me, the only employee. <laughs> Yeah, they outsourced. Isn't that amazing? They outsourced the guy who was running for governor. Yeah. Look at you with a little pop pod thing on your microphone. There. I know. That. I did. Uh, um, you going to stop popping your peas? Okay. I wanted to say this. I, I well, I listened to uh, one of our most recent podcasts and I was like, dang, I say a lot of words with the with the letter P and it sounds awful. Um, and then. I've, I've literally never noticed. The person editing has never noticed. That's amazing. The person editing. Yeah, good. Um, and Penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great um the uh but no the, you mentioned this thing because uh uh i found it in the move which is great like all of this crap that we loaded up from our apartment a- into mm-hmm. a bunch of boxes moved it over to spokane and then unloading yep. them somehow things that i didn't know i had or forgot that i had <laughs> start showing yeah. up and things that are important to me uh that i wish i had uh yeah. are now like those lost. t-shirts yeah well those t-shirts <laughs> that i gave to you and haven't helped you at all Wait. hey by the way if you're listening to this and you uh weren't able to make it to our end of your party last year um uh let us know on twitter and we will see if we can get to one of the extra t-shirts we have like extra large off-color green and <laughs> and it's the it's the old it's the old name and logo so awesome it's vintage. let's go it's vintage Vintage, yes. Anyway, <laughs> I feel like, like home ownership now is just me losing stuff uh, left and right, and like important stuff, and then finding completely unimportant stuff. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, do us a quick solid and click on through to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. Definitely five stars if you can find them. But primarily, leave us a comment. We just want to know your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC partial <laughs> owner, from Ken Griffey Jr. to Russell Wilson to maybe someday Gary Payton. Let's go. What's what's Sean Kemp up to other than launching his own line of weed stores? (laughs) This week, the Beats LA at Home Sounders FC take on the Have You Seen Our Lineup LAFC. 
It's troubling. Uh, first of all, I'd like everyone to go to full90podcast.com because full90podcast.com is where you can find all the links to our stupid things. Uh, we don't do a good job of naming everything the same or checking. We launched a new name and didn't realize that you couldn't do it because it was too long on one of the social medias. I can't remember which. Anyway, yeah, uh, exciting week for Seattle Sounders FC. Ken Griffey Jr. becomes part owner of the organization. What a cool announcement. And based on some of the video I've seen, that's, this has been in the works since last December. My question is, did Russell Wilson fumble part of his shares to Griff? <laughs> No, he lives in, uh, I think uh, Griffey's living in Orlando now. I think he was like actually the 10,000. Orlando! (laughs) I forgot what the the second part of that jingle was. I love you, Orlando! Sorry, everybody. I'll beep all that out because that's awful. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, He was actually the 10,000th season ticket holder for Orlando City SC, which I think is hilarious because he's like, I'm going to go buy another team. I'm going to go give all of my actual money to uh, to a real soccer team. Uh, well, I got to give him a little bit of props, though, because he's putting his money, his investment into a winner. Mm-hmm. But he's also still putting a little bit of money into the local squad. I guess his wife, a huge soccer fan. I had no idea that he was even married. So yeah. that's uh, I know that he has offspring because one or maybe more went to the school that I went to, maybe. His, I think his son played college football at your school. At the University of Arizona. Yeah. Which means he got high. <laughs> I feel like for uh, for a slow news week in this like weird international break that always happens in between the end of the regular season and the beginning of MLS playoffs, the Sounders have found like... Not a, always. A, not last year. Yeah, not the last year. The one year where they did it right, where they like ended before the international break, so it didn't affect anybody. Yeah. Well, cool. it's, at least it's better than um, every other year where it's... The international yeah. break is happening during MLS Cup playoffs, mm. um, but they it's for a for a slow news week. The Sounders found a way to like make it interesting by adding Junior as a uh, as a as a new partial owner. Now I feel like, like I said, all we need is Gary Payton and Megan Rapino to uh, complete the Sounders FC ownership icon bingo. As somebody who didn't grow up here, when you wrote glove, I did not know what that meant. Oh yeah, all we need is the glove for okay. Yeah. yeah. So, Gary do you love? Is that what it is? Uh, no, it's just yeah. GP. Yeah, he's called the Glove. That was his uh, nickname uh, playing for us. So, well, how exciting that we have more people sinking money into a um, a league that is hurting. I'm sure they're like, hey, we'll let you run around on the field if you do. You well, want to play a couple? Start a couple matches. You want your kid to play? Yeah, that's. He's doing pay for play. This is like F1. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, I know nothing about F1, uh, mm. but it seems like Lewis Hamilton, uh, who I just started following on Instagram because he seems like an interesting person, is yeah. what just became the best F1 driver of all time or like the most winning winningest uh, F1 driver I, of all time. You're close. He just won his seventh world championship, which means F1 has been very boring in terms of who wins overall for the last 10 years. Is it seven? He, um, is it seven straight? That he's no, won? it's oh, not okay. seven straight. He won his first in 2008, and then his, I can't do, I have to do the backwards math, 20, 19, 18, 17, so four in a row, uh-huh. and then um, Nico Rosberg won in uh, 2016, uh, and then he won the two before that, I think. So if, if the, my math is close there, but yeah, he, um, he would have gone, his teammate won it one year, uh, which is quite the feat, and the guy who's like 
clearly the best. I mean, he's right there in contention with the best to ever have done the sport, which is mind-boggling. But Michael Schumacher, who bonked his head skiing and has never recovered, um, he uh, he has seven world, title, world titles also. So one more um, and he's got the most. Lewis Hamilton. What's cool about Hamilton is that he's um, he's embraced social media in a really positive way. He's like a real positive guy. It's interesting because uh, these F1 drivers, they work with – there's this physiotherapist. I don't, I don't remember. I think he's Finnish. And he started this uh, organization called HINSA, and it's psychology training in conjunction with physiotherapy. So, like, the guy that trains him to strengthen his neck for all those high-speed, high-G turns is also a person that would uh, work on making sure that you're mentally as tough as you can be, as you can be, so you don't get rattled. And that's the thing you see in all the best sports people. Uh, Hattleman, as my child calls him because he can't say Hamilton, which makes him the only black Jewish race car driver. Um, but uh, Hattleman has... Angela, somebody who's a Hintsa person that has worked with him to to really sharpen his mind. And so he's always really positive all the time, but he's tackling social issues on his Instagram. He's a fascinating follow and quite the gentleman. That's that's why I started following this, just because I I um I don't know why, but uh F one, which is car racing, uh seems mm-hmm. so much more classy than uh NASCAR, which is what I grew up on, but which is also car racing, right? Yeah. Um but uh Lewis Hamilton is uh like he's always speaking up on social issues and 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 he's wearing, you know, the Black Lives Matter shirts, he's wearing all of these different like uh, you know, George Floyd, he supports all of the 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 different movements happening across the United States, which yeah. I find interesting because he's a, it, it's I know it's not just an American issue. He's a black man from London or from England. I don't know if he's actually from London, but the most influential black person in all of uh, the UK as he's just been awarded that by some, you know, publication. Sure, it's it's sometimes funny to think about like the bubble that you live in um in in just even just within the u.s not alone not just uh seattle alone but you think about like the different influencers you know lebron james and colin kaepernick and some of these big athletes who who do things and you're like okay these are some of the biggest sports stars in the world when you don't realize that they don't have as much influence in uh europe and the uk as somebody like uh lewis hamilton who yeah uh who's out there like doing the same like supporting the same causes causes and making this american primarily american issue much more like international so it's very interesting a few things about haddleman is that he um i I can't it's just my (laughs) three-year-old calls him haddleman i just can't uh a few things about him one he owns like two or three places in america and he gets teased by his british friends i guess because he spends so much time in the states that his british accent has disappeared and so now he's just an english speaker and it's not really you're not really sure where he's from it's hard to peg him into a place which is uh, fascinating, but he gets teased for how much time he spends. He's got a house in Colorado, does a lot of skiing, and he's, like a way to get away. Um, he's the, yeah, he's, he's the Moira Rose of F1. <laughs> not quite as peculiar, but yeah. yes. Um, uh, and then the social issues, it's fascinating because in you know all these other like worldwide sports, you see at the beginning of every soccer match in the Premier League, everyone's taking a knee still, even though the... You know, I don't mean I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but even though the hype around the Black Lives Matter issue has diminished around the police brutality, that's diminished now on the headline scale. They're still doing that. And it like leaves me to wonder how they'll ever stop doing that. Not I'm not chiming in whether they should or not, but when they choose to, how are they going to address that? Because then you have to be like, well, now it's not as important. Right. Do you, they could have finished at the end of the season and said, OK, new season, we're going to charge ahead. 
to criticism, I'm sure. But how do they tackle that? In F1, they were doing kneeling before the races as a nod to what the footballers were doing and everything. And like only half the guys would take a knee. And it like created some controversy. And these other guys are like, you know, there's only ever been one like really successful black F1 driver and he exists now. There's another guy called Willie something that was in it for a minute. But um, these other guys are like, listen, I'm not going to piss off people in other countries that don't have us take on this by making by being political on this huge stage. Mm. And, you know, Hamilton is like, got it right. He's like, yeah, I mean, but racism exists against black people still everywhere. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, not my problem. And it's like really interesting to see how this sport, a worldwide sport, turns itself on it. But the marketing department of the sport in general spent a lot of time and effort being very visible about equality this year. Also, they take money from Aramco, which is a Saudi Arabian um, oil company that is tied into some terrible things, you know. So yeah. they're like, human rights issues are good if we can get positive attention and shut up, uh, don't quite you about that if it's We still reasons. do slavery, but just not for black people anymore. I mean, I'm pretty sure they even would be okay with that if the money is right. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. like, a, but yeah, I mean, they're going to Bahrain next week and that's like a country where there's like still like open slavery. Yeah. Uh, there's open human rights issues. I won't say slavery. Uh, and I don't mean to be like slavery. flippant about slavery. It's just like, no, 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 it's no, no, what no, you're but, saying, these companies do these things because they know that yeah. there's money to be made in supporting social justice causes. Uh, so the guy who there built is money F1, to be made in like enslaving people, building stadiums for the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. The guy who built up F1 in the last few years did a rebrand, changed a bunch of things, got Netflix involved. He's the guy that built the Fox News empire. Mm -hmm. Like he like the television empire. He's like the guy responsible for a propaganda network. So like certainly he knows how to streamline an image, an issue and get a bunch of money for it at the same time. And so, yeah, well, Aramco is going to be a sponsor. (laughs) Somehow, somehow to bring this all back to um, MLS and our new ownership. There was recently, like, I don't want to spend too much time on this anymore, but there was recently a report that was released, I think, on The Athletic, where they, they, you know, you have all of these teams that are saying these, uh, you know, like, players wearing Black Lives Matter on their warm-ups and, you know, taking a knee before games and teams supporting those issues on social media. And then The Athletic goes and does a deep dive into... um, all of the different places that team ownership is donating their money as far as political campaigns go. And it's, it's, it's a complete dichotomy between like what you see on field and on social media and then what the teams are actually doing with the money that you're giving them. The Sounders, uh, the Sounders actually fell into a really good place. Like most of the money that like the primary ownership, like Adrian Hanauer and others gave their money to, uh, now that Joe Roth is gone, uh, was to like uh, nonpartisan uh, races or or you know more uh, uh, progressive kind of causes, right? Uh, other teams in the league were not so fortunate. But as this team continues to grow, you I kind mean, of Atlanta see, like, United's owned by Home Depot, right? right. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something and, like I mean, that, yeah. and, and I'm not here to smear Home Depot, but they like donate a ton of money to um to the right wing. It's yeah. very clear yeah. that they go a certain direction, sure. and that's that's fine. I'm not here to tell people how to spend. I spent all weekend with my very conservative brother, who's very intelligent, and he's uh, like we just don't agree, but he's not a prick about it. And so there are people like that exist. So I don't want to lump everyone into one group or the other. But yeah, you see the, the you see Seattle making a lot of contributions to the community and as a kind of blanket without necessarily necessarily as to my knowledge as much political bias but you see other places that are going like to me it's not about like who you donate to it's not about like whether or not the sounders are donating to as long as they hate the 
liberal like liberal causes or conservative causes or whatever you want to call it it's the yeah. fact that like the team is one thing on social media and they are also yeah. that thing behind closed Great doors point. with where they give their money like when you have atlanta united players i'm not saying that arthur blank i don't know i, I didn't read too much into this report i don't know where arthur blank or robert Kraft. well i think we know yeah. where robert Kraft is donating sure. his money but um he owns the the revolution but you see these players taking knees before games and then and then the money that you give to the team that you support if you're a you know new england fan or possibly an atlanta united fan is actually going to causes that uh you maybe the players don't agree with or even uh so it's just interesting to think uh it's 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 not just f1 and it's not just like big big leagues it's every yeah it's, literally it's systemic yeah. it's systemic inequality and a uh market driven capital state yeah like it's just and i'm not like we'll see if ken the- griffey jr plays his golf at mar-a-lago <laughs> <laughs> uh shout out to uh marcus rashford um, from Manchester United, who might be the most important sports figure that I've seen this year. Um, Lewis Hattleman's right up there doing his thing and um, and making a difference with his, uh, you know, trying to like lead people to a better, um, I don't know, to a better future sure. or something like that. Um, but Marcus Rashford making sure that kids are fed and now doing a book campaign to make sure that all kids have equal access to reading material. Like some kids, uh, he said he didn't start reading until he was 17. Wow. Some kids don't have access to their first book until they're post teenagers. Like stuff. And the way that he's committing, if you want to do yourself some justice and not hear me butcher it right now, do a little Googling on that because he's just the best player. I, uh, I hope he scores a million goals and I like him I'm, as an Arsenal supporter. I want to see him win every award and make it as high as possible. He's uh, officially higher up in the British Empire than Lewis Hattleman uh, as a member. <laughs> for now, the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for now at least. Yeah. So. I, um, I think it's I think it's it's crazy like just some background like he he petitioned like the government uh to pass a law and they didn't and he said, "Fine, I'll do it." And then like built a coalition of people to like give money and food to kids who are out of school who who couldn't otherwise because of coronavirus because of coronavirus right yeah uh so it's it's amazing he earned a uh member of the british empire award uh yeah like it's like one step short of being uh knighted essentially and now going into the christmas holiday where they shut down for weeks and kids don't get fed again he has now gotten the government to actually take action themselves and to commit to feeding kids during the holiday season. And like he goes head to head with politicians and just calls them out for their like very it's like very he's very simple about it and they're like you're too simple about it and he's like feeding kids is not not hard. a difficult issue. Yeah. You just do it. And they're like this could really damage the the value of the pound and he's like yeah yeah but having starving kids also Yeah, but also that. Brexit did that. So yeah. Anyway, so it's 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 really interesting, and he's a great it's a great read. Read up on it, maybe if we remember, which we won't, we'll put out some social media about it or something like that. <laughs> go to full90podcast.com to find us on all the socials. There we go, tying it in. Stefan Fry, congratulations to our goalkeeper finishing a distant fifth in this year's goalkeeper of the year awards. Um, Andre Blake from the Philadelphia Union was way out ahead in every category. He must have had a dynamite coronavirus hashtag. Um, not hashtag, but uh, asterisk season. He took um, a third of the player vote, half of the club vote, half of the media to finish first. Um, Matt Turner, Eloy Room, Pedro, oh boy, I won't get his name right, <laughs> uh, from Orlando. Uh, those guys all finished ahead of Stefan Fry in fifth place with very minimal amounts of vote. It's like Christian Roldan voted for him. It looks like <laughs> that was it. Schmetz. <laughs> but he used his big gun, so he got like a little bit extra. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia Union won the Supporter Shield this year. Um, yeah. Seven Fry had a great season, uh, and I think but he, not he will be one of the best goalkeepers in the history of MLS to have never won the award. That's if yeah. if he go if he never wins this award, he will be one of the best in history to have not won it. Um, you really understand what Chad Marshall contributed there too. That um, Steph, obviously, that's no disrespect to his ability, but when he had a Chad Marshall in front of him, you're going to give up less goals. It's just not. He's just such a good defender. Well, and you look at some of the statistics for Steph this year. Like, how many shutouts did he lose because of a like wonky penalty or uh, at least two? Yeah, exactly. And so you start to look at some of the um, maybe his uh, his save percentage or things like that that start to get you know when you have this new dynamic center back pairing that is first first years with the season or you know first full season with this with uh the club um trying to figure themselves out like steph is going to face the brunt of a lot of their mistakes and that's just it's going to take a hit on his stats i think eventually he's getting old he's 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 getting up there but i mean goalkeepers can play until they're like 75 nowadays so whatever hashtag casey keller <laughs> hashtag tim uh what's his name again i always tim, howard? tim howard thank you, you <laughs> best best premier league goalkeeper in the history better check yeah all right speaking of yeah. uh finalists for awards uh yeah, yeah. sounders had two finalists uh for mls mvp i don't think that it's been announced yet i don't imagine either of them is going to win but nico ladero and jordan morris both uh both fi- finalists in the top five for uh mvp this year if you had to pick one of those two i'm putting you on the spot who would you pick we're not looking at stats. We're just using gut here. Who no. would you pick as your MVP? Nico Ladero. Between those two. Nico Ladero by far. I think that the way that the team plays um, without Jordan Morris, like Jordan Morris is clutch, does a lot for the team. Um, but, you know, the team can still squeak out some wins without him. When Nico Ladero's not on the pitch, and we've talked about this a million times, there is no replacement for him. He yeah. is He is like the engine. He is, uh, when you talk about who is most valuable to the team, um, both of those players are invaluable, but Nico Ladero takes the edge just because like there's, there's no replacement for a guy who can, I mean, he buzzes around the field. Like you, you never know where he's going to show up next. And that's, yeah. that's like, you just can't replace that. Yeah. What about and, you? and I also go, I, I have a hard time with Jordan Morris because he's so good, but once he gets figured out, I, I feel like his this season, we've seen that once he gets figured out or once he gets worn down, his game starts to tend to just drifting in the middle and hoping to get some scraps instead of being a consistent winger or the ability to open a game up or to really influence. If, if this is this is kind of a no duh, and I'm not a great analyst, but like if he's having an off game, then he's just not a factor. Mm-hmm. And or if he's he tired, I mean, if he's if he's if you play three games in a week and yeah. and Jordan Morris is not like <laughs> Mo Farah who like is the you know the the marathon runner the ultra distance runner like yeah. Jordan Morris is not that like he can run and he can sprint but even at the end of a game sometimes you're like whew like, he looks like me after walking a mile but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this dog walk <laughs> it's I don't know if it's been bad man management or what but. Ladero even Ladero gets frustrated and you see him throwing his hands up and getting mad at some point in matches, but he typically gets his head back on straight and goes again. Uh, a match where he doesn't have to drop back and play a ton in his own half is a dangerous, dangerous match for anyone that's trying to play defense against him. And so I think that I, I also agree. I find this interesting. What do you think a Seattle Sounders FC would look like if we were short one Gonzalo Pineda? 
I ask because Gonzalo Pineda is in the front running for the DC United head coaching job. And so we could see a future where once a season, either here or the next year there, we could be uh, battling, watching the Sounders battle DC United and playing against one of our own. This is like, this is a story with a lot of um, entanglement, right? So Gonzo Pineda is former Sounders FC player, former Mexican national, like, uh, uh, legend of the club, like won the supporter shield with the team in 2014, uh, became assistant coach, has been getting all of his proper licenses to be able to be a head coach for a team. And, and this was bound to happen. He's in the running for for uh, for taking the the final the the head coach job for DC United. That's great for him and bad for the Sounders because his his experience and his um, uh, demeanor on the sideline is is going to be missed if he takes that job. Other people in the in the running, uh, Ezra Hendrickson. Um, former Sounders assistant. Um, it, it would be it would be uh, sad to see him go, but also you you kind of expect it. If you could have two head coaches, you would want Brian Schmetzer and Gonzo Pineda in order for him to not leave. But the reason I say there's a lot of entanglement here is because um, we talked a couple weeks ago about how Brian Schmetzer uh, his contract is up for renewal, and and those conversations had stalled. And it sounds like the reason was about not about his contract but about pay for his assistant coaches. Now, was Brian nice. Schmetzer envisioning, which is like the most Brian Schmetzer thing to to be a Brian Schmetzer thing in the world. Um, yeah. that, now that I got that Griffey money, though, let's go. <laughs> yeah. he uh, Was Brian Schmetzer foreseeing the fact that uh, Gonzo Pineda uh, might be eyeing a head coaching job where he's going to go make more money? Yeah, part of it's not about the money. He's going to want to go challenge himself for a head coaching gig somewhere else, right? No matter what. Um, but was Schmetzer maybe saying, Hey, let's give Gonzo his money because this is a guy we can't lose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you want to see him leave the nest and go be a head coach somewhere, but also you don't want him coaching a squad against you. Yeah. That's uh, tough, but at least it would be in the other conference. Yeah. If, it, if he's got to go anywhere, Eastern conference has got to be. Hit me with this golden clog update, Brandon. You, you added it to the sheet here and I hadn't even thought about it. Yeah. Uh, Kelvin Leardam, we can officially say now that the regular season is over. Uh, yeah. It has been for two weeks, and I've just not been paying attention. Yeah, uh, me neither. The, uh, we can officially say, without any doubt or without any reservation, that Kelvin Leardam has officially won the 2020 MLS regular season Golden Clog. We need a jingle. We need like a we need a sound. I got you here. Hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. We need what okay. we need is like one of those. Uh, what do they use in what do Dutch people? It's like a, a flugel horn. A flugel, <laughs> yeah, a flugel horn. <laughs> yeah, that's more he, like Switzerland. So probably. last year, last year he won the award, but only be, because of Should some. We just clap uh, some clogs together. Yeah, like, clap, yeah. Clap, clap. <laughs> it's got to be like the wooden, uh, the wooden clog dancing. It's whatever <laughs> we can get that in the background. We tried last year. We tried to um, like we searched everywhere to see if we could buy a wooden clog and then paint yeah. it gold and then somehow give it to the team to give to Kelvin Lairdam. And yeah. we couldn't find a clog that was a, um, not hella expensive or, uh, yeah. be like the right kind of, um, clog. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what makes us like the judge jury and executioner on what the right clog is. But... Oh, I know what it is. It was cost. <laughs> oh yeah. It was definitely cost. Um, but yeah, last year he he technically had a tie for the most goals in the league, but um, but we awarded no. it to him because who gives yeah. a <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, no, he's the he was the winner. <laughs> yeah. So congrats yeah, uh, to Kelvin Leardon for twenty three. Congrats. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Damn it, there's so many non wooden clogs on Amazon. It's really 
It's really remarkable. Like I, I tapped a wooden clog, and it like comes back with all this garbage. Garbage. Ooh, there's a silver one. That's nice. Oh, <laughs> could we paint it? Could we paint it? No, I mean, if we're going to paint one, I'm going to get a proper yeah, wooden yeah, clog. Yeah. I don't if, want from shoes. I want from all. This is so weird. I don't know if um, if uh, at Sounder Scandinavia uh, listens to our podcast, but uh, if you do, uh, please hit us up and send us a clog so we can send it to Kelvin. 100% hate listens, if that's the case. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's the, yeah, so here's the world of clogs.com round toe, plain, traditional, all wooden, natural Dutch clog for forty six ninety five plus $10 shipping. Get the hell can we I'll go out of the garage and make one. Can we crowdfund? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we should do. We should start a, the, uh, <laughs> should start the Golden uh, Clog crowdfunding. <laughs> full, full, full 90 podcast. Go fund me. <laughs> <laughs> I should have the men's room on KSW. They do a segment called Go Fund Yourself. Yeah. yeah. Where they uh, we get to read out your things and see if we can't get um, get people to Help us to get $43 because we're cheap ass. <laughs> it's 46 and $46. we need $10 shipping, okay? Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, and then also a can of spray paint. You know what? Someone provides the clog. I will provide the, the primer spray and spray yeah, paint. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Hit us up oh, on like great. Venmo or GoFundMe. <laughs> now I got to tell you, my old podcast, our dumb podcast, we had Dummy of the Year that we gave out um, the award. It was to Cool Keith, and we got a lightsaber, a plastic lightsaber, and spray painted that gold. And so yeah. he has the golden, the golden saber is the uh, official. Maybe he can send me a picture of that. We could post that. But yeah, let's get working on the golden clog. The Congratulations golden clog. to Kelvin Ludov. What did he get? Like. Three goals? <laughs> Three goals this year. And and what's funny is that he is um it's not like MLS MLS, first of all, most of the Dutch people in MLS are defenders. So it's not like it's just the best goal scorer of all of the defenders in MLS. He you beat Danny Hewson. He yeah, he beat Danny Hewson, and then I guess there's like a Dutch forward that plays for LA Galaxy. Both of those guys only scored one goal this year. So he's beat Kelvin Leerdam, the starting right back for the Sounders, has beat two out and out forwards for two other teams in the league. Granted, those teams are San Jose Earthquake, who only made the playoffs on a technicality, and um, <laughs> like uh, LA Galaxy, who are terrible this year. So, congrats, congrats to Kelvin. <laughs> Not to diminish uh, his award. This that's... fully made up award that we just made. Now, before um, we get to the upcoming playoff match, it's important that we address something, and that's uh, that's rebranding. And sometimes a team needs a rebrand, and they do it, and sometimes a team doesn't need a rebrand, and they do it anyway to try and mix things up a little bit. We have one of each this week to mm-hmm. talk about. Congratulations to the Houston Dynamo for ruining a good brand and making something terrible. Yeah, I I remember being a kid in elementary school. They redid their crest. They redid um, their whole look. They kept it orange, but instead of orange and white, now it's orange and black, which is okay. Fine. Halloween all year. That's great. Halloween in June is going to be super fun for them. I get it. With there are no fans, but it's the crest itself. And I remember being in fourth grade and taking a visit to my dad's alma mater, Notre Dame. Fancy Catholic guy. Ooh, and. When I got back from that, I was obsessed with the ND logo, that crossover lettering that they do. And so I learned how to draw it and then draw it in 3D and then shadow it and all that stuff. And looking back, I found someone I was at home visiting my dad this, uh, this last weekend. They're terrible because I was in fourth grade. <laughs> I feel like the same brilliant mind went and revamped the Houston Dynamo logo. And I don't know. They might be trolling. It could be like, a, yeah, this is going to look dope, dude. 
I don't know. I feel like if this was their first, I mean, first of all, their their old logo was fine, but it was very um, like junior soccer league kind of like it was very MLS. It was very MLS, but like that's okay sometimes, right? Houston Dynamo rebrands is this hexagonal uh, thing with that interlocked HD for the uh, Hoder Dame, apparently. <laughs> but it ends up looking more <laughs> like like the San Francisco Houston Dynamo FC, <laughs> like based on their based on the color scheme and like you look at all of their uh, merchandise. The Dynamo. <laughs> How did I miss it? How did I miss that? <laughs> God. <laughs> Unless, never mind, never mind. I was talking about a dog jumping up on the, on the Houston. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, it's okay. I feel like it would be good. This looks like one of the, like a, a fan redesign, like the kind of crap that we do sometimes that like oversimplifies something and makes it look yeah. super sleek, but would never work for a, a like makes reference to a German police force. <laughs> right. You jerks. It was not that bad. <laughs> I can't help it that they're called the Seattle Sounders. It's two S's. Come on. And that they spent eight of their first 10 years writing SSFC on everything. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, you know. Uh yeah, so it's fine. It's uh it's it's a fine it's a fine logo. It it looks If I was a fan of that team, I would be like this is garbage. Garbage. I would replace I would take out on the crest. I would take out where it says Houston Dynamo FC and that weird lightning bolt. Like what's that for? Uh and and just make the middle if you're going to go for the Hoder Dame look, uh just move the HD into the middle and just make that the thing, right? And like just just go with it. But um, they have to add a million things into it. Speaking of um, bad crests, though, <laughs> we oh, have this is my favorite. We we look. We've gone through. We've gone through a rebrand after our uh, couple seasons. We became full ninety soccer time and changed everything. So we know a bit about a rebrand. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously professionals. Yeah, obviously. Chicago Fire, we've talked at length about this. Chicago Fire uh, last year launched their rebrand, which just looks like red and yellow Vancouver Whitecaps. It looks like um, someone got into my toddler's construction paper source and started cutting out flames and stuff. And yeah. they were like, look at that. That's cool. Totally. Yeah. It's like that. Um, what's that meme? It's that dog sitting in the in the burning this room. Fine. This is fine. It's yeah. That's what it looks like that. It looks like if you put a dog it's sitting a, it's there. It's not even that cool, though. <laughs> yeah, that's if true. it did look like that, if they actually used like the cartoon look of it, it would be so awesome yeah. and like dated in a few years. But like sure. if they had this is fine dog as their inspiration, I would be like, hey, at least you're tapping into like the culture or whatever. Well, they Instead went of, they went from basically safety scissors, right? <laughs> Do they have Lewis Hadleman playing for their team? <laughs> uh, they they went from the basically this is the thing that actual Chicago Fire Department uh, wear on their jackets to yeah. uh, uh, construction paper ripoff of Vancouver Whitecaps FC, uh, and. After, I think, two full seasons, uh, this from uh, reporter Paul Tenorio says, the fire set to announce plans to scrap the crown badge. Oh, a crown? That's what it was? Okay. And, and unveil a new one for the 2022 season pending final approval of plans. Um, so... What, were you the... Is the crown for Oscar the Grouch because you're the king of hot garbage? Or? I don't know. They're like one of like the 40... Like one of the 40 cities in the U.S. that calls themselves the Queen City, I think. Hot garbage. Um, it's like them, Louisville, probably like Republic Washington where Culp is from. 
They don't recognize monarchy there. How dare you? <laughs> the Queen of the West is Charlotte. Okay. <laughs> What's it is known as the Queen City? Like Charlotte, nine. But- There's like nine of them. I'm pretty sure. It's like, I think Louisville calls them the Queen City. I think uh, Cincinnati is known Cincinnati as the Queen calls City. Themselves, yeah. Denver. <laughs> So what's what's the uh, what's the crown what's the crown for Chicago? Yeah, I told you that they're the kings of hot garbage. Hot garbage. It's, it's what Dax McCarty wears. I don't know. I guess he doesn't play there anymore. He plays for Nashville now. Anyway, uh, this podcast from three seasons ago. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the wizard bird. <laughs> Whoa, that was crazy. I just got transported back to a time where Dax McCarty didn't play for Nashville. Okay, now because we have to actually look forward to possibly the toughest challenge of the season <sighs> here we go tuesday the 24th 7 30 p.m seattle sounders fc versus lafc number two seed sounders versus number seven seed lafc at home not at the Banyo de california but rather CenturyLink field it's the second playoffs of the season it, it's, first time it did not go well yeah not and it's the second time that the sounders will play lafc in the playoffs of the season celebrating our 12th season in 10 years <laughs> <laughs> now you you turned something that i had um uh, a question that i had posited and uh, maybe i mentioned it on the solo cast i did last week but you did. I- i'm curious sounders finish in second place behind the wizards who are sporking kansas city wizards excuse <laughs> behind me. the wizard birds <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're doomed. Um, but the Seattle finishes behind Sporking in second place, and it means that you're battling against a team like LAFC again. If they had finished third, they would have played FC Frisco. As you put it, would you rather fight 100 FC Frisco sized LAFCs or one LAFC sized FC Frisco? So. <laughs> Portland, Fartland, because they finished third, get to play a team that we haven't seen this season because they are not in the MLS bubble that we're stuck in or whatever. So the the and, the, the, the sub conference of the MLS Western Conference that Yeah. <laughs> and so they haven't played seven times against that team. So they get to play a fresh opponent and maybe some of their tricks that other teams have figured out are a little bit safer because you haven't seen it on the field three times in the last three months. I'm curious to know if you would have rather finished third and play FC Frisco in Dallas, outside Dallas, or it would have been in Seattle, actually, from outside Dallas, or if you're stoked to have the, the, the challenge of playing LAFC, a team that is suddenly getting real good. Yeah, that's a it's a good question. I think that the Sounders want LAFC at home. Uh, that's it's. I, I don't know. In my opinion, it, facing a team you know as opposed to a team that you haven't hardly played this season i don't know if the sounders have played them at all i i, I didn't do my research and like look back but it's it's unless it's they a, played at the top of the season like i'll look it up right now but unless yeah. they played at the very top they didn't they didn't see so it's a team it's a it's a team like lafc that you've played like a hundred times this year or a team like fc dallas who the who the sounders have struggled against uh in the playoffs specifically in the past yes this is a different fc dallas team than it was there's no blas Perez on the team anymore thank yeah. god um but this is uh it's it's just a team that you don't know and in my opinion if it were me playing which it's not thank god mm. um that the, the sounders would uh want to be playing um uh, a team that they've beat this season it's also a team that they've lost to this season um, but going into it with a hopefully strong and healthy lineup, given charter flights that are coming back from all of the international breaks and yada, 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 um, uh, at home, uh, you just hope and, and, and think that the Sounders are going to like their chances against uh, Los Angeles football club. 
Yes, football, yes. Okay, so each team has COVID issues with their internationals, as you just kind of mentioned. Uh, Goose, Gustav Svensson, and Senor Yellow Shirt, Red Card, Ariaga, both are playing with teams where players tested positive. And uh, Ariaga tested positive for scoring goals. Booyah. <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> I did not know that he scored a goal. Great job. Yeah, and it wasn't even with his head. He It was like a... a he was playing a Roman Torres esque uh, position in this. Oh, game. you mean attacking, <laughs> attacking, attacking central defense, <laughs> attacking center back, um, and uh, scored a goal with his foot. So good job. Uh, I'm glad he'll have some confidence coming back. That'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but what's crazy is that both uh, Gustav Svensson and uh, or Carl Svensson, as he should be known, and uh, Javier Fingerweg Ariaga um, are both coming back from teams that have had uh, positive COVID tests. Now MLS because of playoffs. Uh, are flying or chartering flights back for most international players, unless you play for like a small market team that they don't care about, like Houston. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they, biggest city in America. Amazing. Right, right. They are uh, they are flying back most of these players on charter in order so they they can begin their uh, quarantine processes sooner, so that if they are going to miss a game, it's only one. And they're giving them all sorts of like the rapid uh, rapid COVID testing and and yada yada yada. Now. Yeah. Um, that means that the Sounders could have uh, Gustav Svensson and Javi uh, available uh, against LAFC. The The chances of that happening are, are uh, 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 in the air a bit. What's crazy is that, once again, MLS scientists doing state-of-the-art science uh, concluded that Raul Ruiz Diaz does not need to quarantine because he already had COVID. Ah, so, some of the step ahead, huh? Yeah, He's apparently like, we a step might lose ahead. three matches, but uh, <laughs> yeah. just wait till the playoffs come. He's like Raul Ruiz is fighting COVID with COVID. He, um, you know, I'm I'm actually thankful that the top scientists in the world, uh, sponsored by Herbalife and Advocare, are working for MLS uh, instead of like the Center for Disease Control because uh, they, before any other top scientists in the world, were able to determine that you can't get COVID twice, despite there being no evidence of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully he's still got the antibodies right now. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, Matt Pence had an interesting take. Yeah. So uh, the Sounders dealing with some potential misses uh, for the game because of uh, people flying back and having to quarantine and whatever. Um, Matt Pence, a uh, reporter now for The Athletic, said that Seattle will have the competitive advantage because Raul had COVID, as we said, and LFC has not. Now, since that tweet, I have seen that Diego Rossi has contracted the uh, virus on international duty. Now, it, Diego Rossi is like the player for LAFC this year. Uh, he's the Golden Boot winner in MLS. Not just the Golden Clog. He was the top scorer in the league this year. Second he, best award, yeah. yeah. He will 100% miss the game against the Sounders. So the Sounders oh. getting a little bit of a break there because a guy got diagnosed with like a uh, disease that's ravaging the entire world. Let's go sports. That's really interesting because he's, um, we'll talk about it here in a second, but the LAF, the, well, I mean, just right now, LAFC is coming into this as the underdog, technically. Is is Vela fit again? Is he back out there? I thought I saw him running around. At he, the he's the been playing. He scored yeah. some goals. He's he, he looks like he hasn't missed a step. Who knows if he's like fit or not to go the yeah. full 90, especially against a team like whatever uh, the, the Sounders who will run you ragged. Dangerous. But Vela is just, he's one of those players, right? Yeah, that's the guy you want to have out there. He's top shirt sales too for the for the league there. He's right there at the top. But um, without but also, Diego Rossi, like so then is hold he on, going you also have you also have comeback player of the year, Bradley Wright Phillips, um, which is crazy. And Major League Soccer.com.com young player of the year, Diego Rossi just announced. But 
to get that award and to not be able to show off those skills. That's a massive loss for them. But let's look at Bradley Red Phillips real quick for a second here. He's so dangerous, especially if you have Vela out there. Fastest player in MLS history to record 100 league goals. Did it in 158 matches. First player in MLS history to score 20 or more goals in three different seasons. That's crazy. 14, 16, and 18. 14 was the year that we won the Supporter Shield, too. That's not what we didn't, but Seattle did. First player in MLS history to score 15 goals or more in five consecutive seasons. MLS Golden Boot in 14 and 16, and MLS Best 11 twice as well. This guy is, as the comeback player of the year, that is not a guy you want on the pitch when you've got it all on the line. But it's important to remi- to remember what he's coming back from. He's coming back from being bad at soccer. <laughs> uh, like a-, a while ago, Charlie Davies, a guy who was involved in like a horrific car crash that broke a bunch of legs, a bunch of his legs, uh, like came back and-, and played a season and did well. Like that's a comeback story. Jordan Morris getting um, uh, getting injured. Clint Dempsey having his heart issue, like things like that. Those are things that you come back from and have a good season and get comeback player of the year for being bad at soccer for a season. And then being good the following season is just called being a professional athlete. I don't think that being bad is like something that you come back from. That might be like, that's like most improved. Maybe (laughs) he gets the the ultimate millennial award. Yeah. (laughs) So I pizza party after the last match, they handed out the same trophy to everybody and uh, he got the most improved. (laughs) (laughs) And his dad, Ian Wright Phillips, was so happy for him. <laughs> so pissed that he had to miss his Thursday night television to go yeah. in. Good thing yeah. he's got DVR. Welcome to 2020, Ian. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this, but I, I, I jest because he's actually a great player. He's had a good season this season. There's a reason that MLS has given him this crazy award. Um, he, I mean, this is a guy, I think you were on the uh, uh, MLS UK show a while back, and they said if there was one player from any other team that you'd want on your team, who would it be? Bradley yeah. Wright Phillips is one of those guys. LAFC went and picked him up after a bad couple seasons at uh, New York Red Bulls where he became a legend. Um, yeah. uh, he's having a great season. He, It's like you lose Diego Rossi, but it's not like you, that's your only goal scoring threat. It's not like losing a Jordan Morris or a Nico Ladero. Who would you rather have on your squad, BWP or Wadalowski? Oh, Bradley Wright Phillips by far. There you uh, go. Even though Wondolowski's so clutch, like with I mean I, I, I think that in Seattle there's this um like ever since we lost Eddie Johnson, uh we haven't had like a uh tall striker goal scoring threat the way that uh like we have Will Bruin. I'm not Will I'm, Bruin I'm is not, like dying on the inside right yeah, now. He's like not to dunk on Will unsubscribe. Bruin. <laughs> yeah. Will Bruin's a great player, uh, but he doesn't have necessarily the technical uh, uh ability that a lot of those like Bradley Wright Phillips, Eddie Johnson, some of the taller, uh, faster, bigger players uh who who are also uh, competent goal scorers um in, in a bunch of different ways. Uh Will Bruin's a great hold up player, but I think that's my Seattle bias wanting like a Eddie Johnson type uh on the team again. Let's looking back at the um at the most recent matches, the MLS is crap round of sixteen was the first matchup between these teams four one for LAFC knocking Seattle out of that crazy tournament. Uh, back in August, they played their first of their regular season matches. Sounders winning three one, followed by a few weeks later winning three nil, and then LAFC turned things around there in October as the Sounders kind of fell apart and won three one in LA. In those three regular season matches, the home team has won each time being second in the West and having that home field advantage, even though it's just being in the stadium that you're familiar with and the locker room that you like, 
driving from your own home to being able to go play, that's it's not going to be the same advantage as having you know sixty thousand people in a stadium screaming, but it is going to, as we've seen just statistically, place some sort of advantage. So. If anything, it's an advantage to me because uh, now that I've moved across the strait, I don't have to experience extreme FOMO for not being able to attend uh, a playoff game at CenturyLink Field. Um, I just hope they don't get a team in Idaho because then we don't know what we're going to do with you. <laughs> Coeur d'Alene FC! <laughs> Your season ticket comes with a gun! <laughs> so you can shoot the mask! <laughs> That's wonderful. In case you just teleported back from the realm of the wizard bird in a different time dimension altogether, it's time for TLDL. Too long, didn't listen. Too long, didn't listen. Is it Hoderdame or Houston Vaginamo? <laughs> I think uh, Hoderdame yeah. or just, let's just not talk about Houston ever again. Just jokes, everybody. Just chill out. Yeah. Too long, yeah. didn't listen. You can't come back from being bad at soccer. Bradley Knight Phillips would like a word. <laughs> I would like him to shut up. And too long, didn't listen. Let's crowdfund a golden clog, everybody. Come on. A legit golden clog. We'll we'll put up the spray paint. Come on. All right, take a look into your crystal Pepsi ball. Let's do some predictions. It's Tuesday night, 7.30, playoff round one. Seattle Sounders FC, the two seed, welcoming number seven seed LAFC to CenturyLink Field. Brandon, how do you see it from on the other side in the dusty part of Washington? <sighs> through the dust and through the crystal Pepsi, uh, I see the Sounders. They have to win. So I'm going to say the Sounders are going to win. And it's going to be a hat trick by Raul Ruiz Diaz. I don't think we've ever seen one of those. Pass the ball to Raul. Just pass it to Raul. What do Jesus you see in your, in your uh, swirling effervescence? I'm going to go with a familiar scoreline, and I'm just going to make this real easy. 9-1 Seattle. Six? I thought you were going to say 6-9 Seattle. <laughs> 69-1 Seattle. <laughs> 420-1 Canadian. Hot rubbish. Hot rubbish. Hot rubbish.